Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, buddy? Greggy, very excited here on Thursday night. Well, Thursday morning. Excited for Thursday night. Finally got a good game uh, tonight. Again, the Steelers and the Panthers after the, uh, the, the terrible, atrocious game that was last week. Uh, unless you're Nick Mullins' family, obviously, uh, the 49ers and Raiders. That was a terrible game. Uh, but I'm excited, Greg. Talk a little talk a little week 10. I got some got some rankings up. Quarterback rankings. Got tight ends rankings. Got the it best all. fantasy five up and ready to go. One, two, three, four, five. Five, five times, five times, five times. Five times. Five times. There you go. Up on Roto Experts. And uh, we'll talk to Dr. A, right? Dr. A, Dr. yeah. Dr. A. Lots of injuries as well. Always injuries. Always injuries. Uh, and so many more. Um, I want to start Le'Veon Bell. Because we've had this question for a while, what to do with James Conner, what to do with Le'Veon Bell, especially as people's trade deadlines start approaching as we get closer to, closer, closer to Thanksgiving. Is it possible here, Frankie? Not possible. Probable. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is not coming back. Yeah, definitely. It definitely is a possibility. I've heard, uh, I've heard other fantasy shows, other NFL shows talk about it. Uh, you know, they can do a little, uh, you know, little backdoor, a little, uh, you know, under the table kind of negotiation where, all right, uh, we won't give you the transition tag. You don't have to come back this year. You know, because look, the way that the Steelers are playing right now, and I think it's a good transition because we'll talk about tonight's game and preview this. They're playing well. The Steelers are playing good ball. They got off to a weird start. They were like 1-2-1. and one. They've now won four games in a row, sitting at 5-2-1. and one. Now uh, at the top of the AFC North once again. And James Conner is just playing lights-out football right now. So why, do you br- why would you want to bring back the distraction that is Le'Veon Bell? And, you know, I've heard Corey and Gabe go back and forth. Uh, and I've heard, you know, Corey against Jim Day talk about, well, who's the better player? You know, statistically, we'll save that for another day. Who's the better player? All that matters is that behind the Steelers' offensive line, running backs have been able to produce, no matter what their name is, whether it's Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, D'Angelo Williams, going back to the days of, you know, Rashard Mendenhall, all these guys. I mean, they've always had a great run game, and it has not changed. James Conner, what he he's doing right now is absolutely phenomenal. So this team is, uh, is, is both riding from an NFL perspective, from a fantasy perspective. I don't see why they would want to bring back the distraction that is Le'Veon Bell. So yep. there's certainly a chance that, you know, they just say, all right, well, let's both look the other way. Uh, Le'Veon Bell doesn't return this year, doesn't risk a chance of injury, uh, and you know he'll head into the offseason an unrestricted free agent. Some team will pay him a boatload of money, probably my New York Jets, uh, because you know that's what they do, and that'll be it. But uh, as for this season, to answer your question, yes, there is certainly a chance that he does not play at all this season. And 
Uh, you know, while we had that report, I don't know, sometime in week four, week five, we had that ESPN report. It was just clickbait. And that's what I was saying back then, too. It's, you know, all right, uh, yeah, he's going to report during the bye week. Bye week's come and gone, Greg. Uh, here we are sitting, getting ready for week 10, Thursday Night Football, where the Steelers are going to face the uh, the Panthers, and we don't have Le'Veon Bell in the field. So that was just, uh, you know, all these reports that you hear and, and these cryptic tweets and all this stuff, I mean, you, you can try your best to decipher it. What it comes down to is Le'Veon Bell is not here, and I would not be surprised if he doesn't play again for the Steelers. I, yeah. t- I tweeted that out before the season, Greg. Here's the other side I've of been, it. I've been on that the whole way. You have been, and it's incredibly clear. He's not playing for the Steelers. I'm going to say this, Frank. I will be surprised if he plays another down with the Steelers. I'm going the other way. Not that I'm not surprised if he doesn't play. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised if he does play. That's how far yeah. I've gone. I, sh- I probably could have got uh, like nice odds, too. Is that, bet- is that bettable? I mean, everything's bettable, right? Yes, right? I could have asked Gabe about that, but, you know, before the season, you probably could have bet, does Le'Veon Bell play another down in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform? Oh, you could have got uh, some pretty good odds on that. So, I mean, that's the way that I've been leaning the entire time. Uh, I'm going to stick with that. And, you know, for all the people who are continuing to ask Le'Veon Bell and James Conner questions, I understand there's a lot of uncertainty and people want answers. But to be honest, we don't have answers. I mean, as much as as much time as we've wasted, and honestly, that's what it is. It's time wasted. Talking about Le'Veon Bell and James Conner, nobody for sure has any answer. But the way that it looks right now is the Steelers are playing great football, great offensive football, great defensive football, and partially due to the way the offensive line is playing, the way James Conner is playing. Why, why would they want to mess that up? I don't, I don't foresee that happening. We got a new kicker on my team, by the way. A new kicker, Greg. One of the squad. Marvin Bagley. Yeah, the third. Long-lost cousin of Marvin Bagley in the NBA. Pumped about it. Mike Bagley. If he's worse than Ryan Suckup, I'm going to be upset at you. Sorry, bud. Oh, man, I didn't get... Look, the Chargers are a potent offense. They should have plenty of kicking opportunities. Uh, But, you know, they are cursed. Somebody, like I mentioned, man, someone has the voodoo doll with the Chargers kicker, and they just keep stabbing his leg. And every single year, like clockwork, whoever the Chargers signed to be their kicker is terrible. It's like they forget how to kick a football when they go and, uh, to Los Angeles to kick for the Chargers. Greg, before we get into any more fantasy football, were you a child movie star? No. Really? Really. Uh, I uh, will say this. I will say this. This is embarrassing. Nobody knows this. Never said this on the air before. Uh, oh, you start in Home Alone. I, I know that the, the yeah we put we put that up huh we we're putting that up Dang. shout out to Greg Martinez a longtime listener and viewer of the BFFs uh, I tweeted out a picture of your face which was just so great uh, when you were reading Hassan Whiteside uh, Whiteside was, was it a good addition to the, the NBA re- it was a great recap thank you but I was like I, all right I can't let this go so I tweeted that out and our guy Greg Martinez uh, <laughs> sent us back this picture of uh, you starring in Home Alone yeah. two. Uh, where, you know, obviously your parents left you in New York, Greg. Do you want to know a, a true story? Yes. Besides, besides that. So, when I was four years old, I believe, four or five, I took acting lessons. My friends thought I was going to, my friends, my family, my, my parents, thought I was going to be like this child actor, for real. Like I started in Snow White, I was dopey. What? Yeah. I was dopey. And I like, literally went to acting school. And I was upset that I was dopey. And my parents were like, listen, that's a, that's a huge part. Like, you're not doc, but like, that's a huge part because you get to really act rather than one of the useless dwarfs, right? Yeah. So I, I was five. I was five at the time. Because when I turned six, 
you know, it was time to sign up for acting school again. And I, I had been in some, some productions uh, previously. But when I was six, when my parents really thought I was going to be this actor, I'm like, all right, you want to sign up for acting schools? You know what? I'm going to take a year off and, and play soccer instead. Really into... You know, do like normal kid things. So I'm really into, <laughs> I'm really into soccer. I really like the Yankees at this point. Um, and, and I like football. So I think I'm going to focus on sports for the next year and not acting. And it's been 25 years since I took acting lessons. And it seems, Frank, that that ship has sailed. Probably could have been a great actor. I mean, I, I don't they, be the dwarf. You know what? I think they thought I, I was going to be Haley Joel Osment, and it just didn't happen. You, do you know who that is? Who? Haley Joel Osment. No. That's a good Frank one. No, 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 no. You don't no. know Haley Not Joel Not even Osment, close. Haley Joel. Joel. Joel Osment. Yes. Uh, no. All right. Googling you, it right now, though. Yes. Great Google. Oh, I know this. Uh, this uh, was the person in, uh, like, The Sixth Sense? I think. That's correct. He was the yeah. kid in The Sixth Sense. Yes. I mean, what does he do now, though? Like, there's, there's no uh, he, way he does anything. He's an actor still. He was in, um, really, he was in Entourage. He was in the Entourage movie, actually. Mike Zanino traded to the Rays, Greg. That was yesterday? Well, it just, it just officially happened. I just got the update. Frank, we're talking about my acting career. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry to take away. Okay. Please. Anyway. Elaborate. Anyway. I could have been Haley Joel Osment. Instead, here I am next to you. I'd rather be here next to me than be... Really? You want to be this guy, Greg? If you would be Haley Joe Osment, Joel that's, Osment, yeah. that's how you, you would have had a beard. You would have, you would have had the long lost beard you know, that we've, see, been, we've been clamoring for after all these years. See, here's the thing, Frank. About the that, would have, that could have been you, so Greg. Here's the thing of the beard. So last Friday. Yeah, there. Could have been you. Okay. So, so last, you, would look, you would look great with a beard. Last Friday, I had grown my facial hair out. It had been over a week and a half since I had shaved. I told you to keep doing it. You didn't. You didn't really say anything. Yes, I did, Greg. You didn't even know. We had this exact conversation. You didn't notice it enough. It was a week prior we had the conversation. You didn't notice it. Yeah. Some best friend you are. You don't even listen to me when I talk. I do listen to you. You didn't care. I did. You didn't we care. were on this very show, and I said, Greg, please grow out your facial hair. What do we have to do? We had, that, that was previously. Yeah, we I, saw, we, I, I, I saw the little stubble, and I was like, we, we need stubble. more. Did we see, need more, you Greg. See, I shaved the neck at the time, too. We need more. just the beard. And I was like, this is it. This is as far as I mean, maybe you're just addicted to shaving. So just shave underneath. But I did. leave this. I did. But then it had like ingrowns growing on the cheek. I was like, this is gross. No, it's not. I did, man. Great, I had, man. It wasn't. I had the ingrowns. I can't have that. It looks terrible. Now I got a haircut. I'm freshly shaven. I feel so much better. No. I literally, folks, I went to the bathroom yesterday. I, looked, I was washing my hands. I looked in the mirror. And I was like, Greg, what are we doing? We're not even trying right now. We, we got to be better. And after that, I was like, I'm going to my haircut today. Well, I mean, who do you have to impress, Greg? You're already engaged. Myself. No, you, no. It's not People me. watching. No, no. Like, I want them to look no. at me and be like. No. Duty loves you the way you, you look are, good. Greg. You look good. No. You, I can't tell you the countless amounts of people who have tweeted me begging for bearded Greg. It, it's just. No. I, I, those Judy, are most of the notifications that I get Judy is not one of them. I mean, but does that really matter? Think about this. Next year, Greg, you're throwing me the best 28-year-old birthday party that I could ever ask for. Speaking of 20, And on the side, you're getting married to Judy. Speaking of 27-year-old birthday parties, Frank's taking his birthday off tomorrow. Ah, I am. Well, I was kind of demanded to by, uh, by my fiance. You were like, uh, I really want to take you out. Can you ask Greg if you could get off? I was like, all right, I'll try. I don't, I don't really want to like, leave my, my peeps, my FNTSY peeps behind uh, with you know, a lot of work to do. But I'll ask. I'll see what I can do. Greg was like, yeah, that's fine. Because I'm, I'm out the next week. <laughs> Well, it was more of, uh, of course, take, of course, take a day off. No problem. That's what I said. 
And it's going to be great because I'm going to drink a bunch of beer tonight and I'm going to watch the game and I don't have to worry about waking up. Absolutely. And I could also catch the end of the Bucks Warriors. So uh, I'm very, very excited for tonight. That's great night in sports. That's awesome, Frank. Enjoy your day off tomorrow. Enjoy your, uh, enjoy your, enjoy your wedding next Friday, Greg. It's not my wedding next Friday. Well, the wedding that you'll be attending. Yes, I will. I will. Um, All right, let's get into some football. (laughs) So in my league, just just now, uh, Maurice Harris was not picked up yesterday on the waiver claim. He was picked up today for zero dollars. Not by me, because I, I missed out. Sounds I, like a bad job by you. I, I bid I zero dollars, uh, and he went someone else for zero dollars today. Why wouldn't you just bid a dollar? Mm, don't know. Do you know, that, do you know who was dropped for Warriors Harris? Uh, I will guess who was dropped. Uh, Kenny Stills. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, he's completely droppable. Yeah. The way, uh, the way that the pendulum has swung in the Tennessee Titans' backfield right now, Deion Lewis back-to-back games with 20-plus touches uh, with over 100 total yards in both of those games. He looks like the, uh, the go-to running back for the Tennessee Titans' offense right now. And, you know, what we, what we were saying about the Bears' offense a couple of weeks ago is that if an offense is thriving using a certain player as the lead back or getting that player more involved, why would they go away from that? Who would you rather own right now, Derrick Henry or so Carlos Hyde? What's happening Hyde? with the Titans right now? They just put up, what, 28 points against the Cowboys? Who, what, what's the question? <laughs> Who would you rather own right now, Derrick Henry or Carlos Hyde? Uh, hmm. I, I would rather own Derrick Henry. Because so he's, he's part of a two-man backfield, whereas the Jaguars are three. So even if Leonard Fournette goes down, Carlos Hyde's still going to have to battle with TJ Yeldon for touches, whereas if Deion Lewis goes down... Derrick Henry should, you know, easily see 15 plus touches. But I will say, Derrick Henry at this point in time is droppable. I was actually looking at his game log last night. The guy hasn't had over like 15 carries since I, it was like week three or four. Uh, his his carries have just been all over the place. And uh, you know, I don't I don't necessarily blame the Titans either because he hasn't been that effective. Neither uh, at this point have been effective. Derrick Henry has scored uh, in back-to-back weeks. Of course, the carries have gone down, as Frank mentioned, but he's getting in the end zone finally. I guess, right? That's good. Yeah, but in those games, he has 27 and 33 yards, respectively. Uh, What I was referencing was he hasn't had more than 12 carries since week three when he faced the Jaguars, and he had 18 carries. Since then, it's been 8, 11, 7, 12, 6. So that's like, you know, every other low-end flex option that we rank that's in that area, you know, Elijah McGuire, I mean, even like lower than that. Peyton Barber, guys, like that, that's that's like the uh, the mold that he's in right now for fantasy purposes. Okay, um, what else do we have going on right now in the NFL? We have Doctor Ray coming up next, by the way, uh, at twelve twenty Eastern time. He will join the program um, in Philadelphia. Darren Sproles, who's supposed to return this week, aggravates the hamstring injury. So one last one less running back to compete against. Frank, I know you're always against the Eagles running backs, but as I said to you last week, I picked up Josh Adams. I'm holding on to him and see what I have. Just interested. Yeah, uh, I don't have a lot of interest in really any of the Eagles running backs. I have Wendell Smallwood ranked the highest of them this week just because he saw the the, the highest uh, snap percentage the last time the Eagles played. Uh, but Josh Adams, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with stashing him on the end of your bench just to see if you know what he did in that game before the bye uh, actually meant anything because he was he was running effectively. Um, was running strong with good efficiency. Um, so we'll see what happens. But the Eagles overall haven't been able to run the ball all that well this season. That's why that's part of the reason I, I liked Carson Wentz and brought him up yesterday as a buy low candidate because they bring in Golden Tate. 
kind of a guy who's like an extension of the run game. A lot of passes close to the line of scrimmage. See what he could do after the catch. Uh, they have Alshon Jeffrey. They have Zach Ertz. So I do think that we're going to see more passing volume out of the Eagles and Carson Wentz. Um, plus, you're, all, you're all about Carson Wentz and buying in the second half of the year. Yeah, and look, it, it's just it's it's what it's always been for Doug Peterson. This is why I didn't like the Eagles running backs coming into the year. It's a it's a three headed monster, which is not really a monster because it's like who are these running backs on the field anyway? Sure. So, uh, like, who do you depend on in this backfield for more than twelve carries a game? Probably nobody. You're just hoping for lightning uh, yeah. in the bottle. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll see if uh, if one of Smallwood or Clement goes down, and then like if if it becomes a two person backfield then maybe we'll see something out of Josh Adams but uh, I'm I really don't want to depend on the Eagles uh Eagles running backs for any type of uh fantasy value here yeah it makes sense even in desperation times buy is still here yeah look we still have I believe we have four teams on a buy this week we either have four or six teams on a buy next week so we'll see what happens again I don't mind stashing Josh Adams just to see what happens here but by no means do I think either him or small would have a ton of upside moving forward Fair enough. When we come back, Dr. Ray from Inside Injuries is going to join us, and we're going to get the latest on A.J. Green. How serious is this injury? According to the good doctor, he'll let us know when we return. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Visit today. Back with you, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. So Hometown Heller just texted me. He's like, hey, interesting pickup in fantasy. Oh, that's so weird. You're, you're listening to BFFs. Um, and you heard us talk about Maurice Harris. And he's like, no, not Maurice Harris. I'm like, oh, are you talking about my kicker pickup of, Mar- of Marvin Bagley? And he's like, no. Like, the only other person picked up today was the, was the Bengals' defense. Like, who cares? I just thought it was interesting by you. Like... Why are you who cares with the Bengals defense? You picked up the Bengals defense? Yeah. Play against no, 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 no. New Orleans Saints. I didn't say that. Oh, whoever they play next week. They play Baltimore next week, then Cleveland, then Denver. And then the playoffs are the Chargers, Oakland, and Cleveland. Greg. Yeah. What are you doing here? What do you mean? What are you doing? What's wrong with playing in Baltimore? You're gonna stash a defense? For, like, the fantasy playoffs? Is that what you're trying to do? No, no, next week. Baltimore. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I give up the Jets next week. They have a bye. The Bengals, the Bengals' defense has not been good, Greg. I'm just doing my thing, man. They're very bad. They actually allow the most passing yards in the NFL right now. Well, maybe that'll go down against New Orleans. Eh, not likely. Fair enough. Dr. Ray from Inside Injuries joins us right now. Doc, how are you, sir? I'm good, guys. How are you? I'm I'm happy to report that uh, for the last three years, my son and his fantasy uh, league has never won. This year, he got serious and downloaded the app and worked off of inside injuries, and he has basically all but won his league before even the 10th week has started. Well, that's damn impressive, <laughs> Dr. A. Damn impressive. So, so... 
I just want to let you know. I want to report that. Shout out to the young Dr. A. <laughs> Is it Doc, Doc Jr.? Doc Jr. Doc Jr. There you go. <laughs> All right. Hey, Doc, I mentioned before, um, yep. AJ Green. We came in, we were coming into the segment with you. Yep. Uh, AJ Green saw Dr. Robert Anderson, which is usually a terrible sign for your foot. Um, rest and rehab is, is what we've been told, although we'll see what happens in the future. We know he's ruled out this week and next week already. What are you seeing, reading, and hearing when it comes to AJ Green? Yeah, so this is not the first time that he had a toe injury in 2014 that sidelined him for a month back then. And, you know, these are one of these things, uh, turf toe recurs a lot. Now, um, you know, we may not have known it, but I almost guarantee you he's been playing through a really minor case of turf toe probably every season. But it's now gotten to the level of, you know, so, so much significant pain that he had to actually take time off the field. And so because of the fact that he's had this before, you know, right now, um, you know, the really what we're looking at is week 13 at a minimum, possibly, you know, week 14. So, um, you know, that's that's essentially what we're projecting. But this is a very, very sensitive thing. I mean, if he's had, if he has surgery on this, then he's done for the season. I mean, you can't right. come back from Toto, you know, so this is really just a conservative approach to see if it heals and to see if they can pain manage this thing through the rest of the season. Either way. You know, he was a high injury risk, high reward guy for us. He's at 33% right now, obviously. And when he gets to week 13, we'll see where that percentage goes up to. If he gets to 80%, then we feel more confident. But the likelihood of him getting to that is very low. And as usual, Greg and Doc, uh, fantasy owners trying to be the smartest guys and gals in the room are, you know, they see an injury like this occur and they think, oh, well, I'm already, I'm, I'm seven and two, I'm six and three. You know, I'm already set for the playoffs. I'm going to go out and acquire A.J. Green so that he can help me win a championship. That's a risky move right now, isn't it, Doc? Oh, that's a tremendously risky move. Um, you know, th this type of injury will significantly hamper a wide receiver and any or any football player. And uh, if you try to go pick him up, um, you know, and he has surgery, then, you know, then basically you've wasted that. Uh, or even if he does play again, he's really going to be hampered to perform like this. He may play very limited snaps and be more of a decoy, etc. I mean, this is what he's looking looking towards. You know, when the team says no timetable for return. That means that it's pretty significant, and that's what they have to say. They're not going to release what he has. So that's an issue, like you said, Frank. Yep. And, and um, who was it? I'm yesterday? recommending against it. <laughs> clearly, so. clearly, somebody yesterday traded away AJ Green for Amari Cooper and somebody else. I got a tweet about it. It was like Amari Cooper and like a. Means like a Deion Lewis type running back. It's not bad. And I thought, listen, if you could turn AJ Green around Green like that? now for anything, and you know, we spoke about Amari Cooper has one of the best remaining schedules for for a wide receiver this year for fantasy purposes. That on the other end of the spectrum, if you could pull that off, uh, that's something that I would look into. But again, having injury optimism for a wide receiver, uh, the elite talent that he is, uh, but dealing with this level of foot injury, it seems too too optimistic. Uh, it's something I wouldn't be doing, and it's something that uh, Dr. A advises against as well. Doc, we've had a few weeks where, thankfully, we haven't had to talk about Leonard Fournette, but as of now, it looks like he's going to return in Week 10. He returned to practice, uh, returned to full practice yesterday uh, for the Jaguars. So what are we expecting out of Leonard Fournette? Is he... Is he the healthiest he's going to be? Is this his optimal recovery time? And I know, you know, you know, you don't normally specialize in like projections, but a lot of people are asking us, 
well, how many carries can we expect from Leonard Fournette? Does he get like 75% of the workload? What do you think his body can handle right now? Well, I think his body can handle the full workload now. Um, you know, our HTR was week nine. And so there, you know, so he should have been ready last week and, you know, maybe they're giving him an extra, I'm not, um, the Jags were not on by last week. I don't believe. Right. So I think they he were, got, they were, uh, they were on by, so that yeah. makes sense. They were, oh, they were. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, he has an extra week and, uh, boom, you know, he should be really, really ready to go. He's at 81%, which is peak health. Um, you know, that's basically our 81% is like your 95 to a hundred percent essentially the only thing that concerns us is you know this hamstring has been healed now it's been aggravated once and he's given the best possible chance now to not re-aggravate it again um uh and so his injury risk is 18 percent. it's not low it's elevated and it will stay that way so he is in peak health he should be ready to go but he does go into that game with an 18% chance of another injury or recurring that injury because you can't piss off a hamstring again in the same season <laughs> and expect to be scot-free you know, the rest of the season. You have to really expect that there's a chance that this hamstring may get injured again or the opposite hamstring. Remember, there's a big psychological component. You know, He doesn't want to re-injure that one, and by not re-injuring that one, he has this compensatory force on some other body part and then boom you have a grade one mcl or something like that so again that's why the injury risk is elevated but he is at peak health he's ready to go this would this would be the week for him to come back they gave him all the time in the world frank to get better finally after he did re-injure that hamstring once before we saw with dalvin cook same exact thing happened both these guys now back on the field will they remain i think that's the question we have to determine yeah, and we'll, we'll be able to see it this week. It's kind of hard to rank Leonard Fournette. I have, Extremely him, have him as a low-end RB2 as of right now. Again, I don't think that we get 20 touches out of yeah. Fournette anymore. We're probably more in that like 15, 14 to 16 range because they do have capable backups behind him with TJ Yeldon and Carlos Hyde. So I don't think he sees the full workload that he did before. But according to Doc, all systems go right now uh, for Leonard Fournette heading into Week 10. Absolutely. And will all systems be a go for Rob Gronkowski this week, Doc, as he returned from injury and then re-aggravates the injury. And the last couple of weeks, the Patriots have played Sunday night and Monday night, and there's just been no, there's been a lot of worry, I should say, not no worry, there's been a ton of worry from fantasy owners. What do you do about Rob Gronkowski? The good news, not the case this week. It's a one o'clock game against the Tennessee Titans. What's the latest on Gronk? Yeah, you know, uh, we've at Inside Injuries, we downgraded him. We had him at a grade one back injury. Now we've downgraded him to a grade two um, because we we strongly feel based on everything that we're seeing that he has some sort of disc problem. Um, you know, you don't do typically this doesn't usually occur when it's paraspinal musculature. It's like a muscle muscle problem, spasm or something like that. And with the three back surgeries and all the other injuries that he's had, um, you know, this looks like to be a disc problem. Now, having said that, um, these types of things can recur. You know, disc bulges out and pushes up against the nerves. A player can't do anything, you know, even an NFL football player with all the pain management techniques. So, you know, this is something that's going to be concerning now. So he was at peak health. He dropped to 75%. So he didn't drop all the way to 50%, which is, you know, the concern. So I think he needs to rest. We think he needs to rest this week and come back the following week because he really, really needs to be ready for the playoffs. I don't, I don't, I don't think the Patriots will actually, you know, be. Uh, they shouldn't need him in this game, but um, you know, we're recommending one more week of rest before they put him back on the field. Greg, it looks like we're the Rob Gronkowski uh, jinx because this is the first year that I've ever owned. 
Rob Gronkowski in fantasy, and it was on a team that you and me and Michael Florio all shared together. So uh, I think we're probably just the Gronk jinx, right? You think that's what it is? Yeah, probably. I mean, even when he's been on the field, he hasn't been himself, right? Like, the one thing that you've always said about Gronk is, hey, at least when he plays, you know you're getting the top tight end in football. Uh, well, not in, uh, not in 2018. But, Doc, something that, uh, you know, along the same lines as Gronk, a pretty consistently injured player throughout the years has been Sammy Watkins. And I know a couple of years ago, uh, even before last season, before this season, uh, you've consistently, you know, spoke about Sammy Watkins and his foot. I know he had surgery a couple of years ago. The guy seems like he basically has a mechanical foot at this point. Um, he didn't practice Wednesday. I would be surprised if he suits up this week. Uh, is this something that's going to hamper him for the rest of the season? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, that's really the only, unfortunately, that's the only thing we can say. Uh, this is the other foot, though, right? So the left foot that he had all those surgeries okay. on and the fractured left foot, you know, but this is very classic compensatory uh, injury to the other foot. When you have surgery on one foot and then a fracture, you know, you're always going to have this compensatory type of force that's always there. You don't know when it's going to come back. And he, it's a grade one foot injury. So that's good. It's not a grade two or grade three, which would indicate a fracture. So it's a grade one. But, um, you know, again, Sammy Watkins was high injury risk for us. He was a really high risk, high reward type of guy. Now, you know, he's high risk and he's at 76%. We're projecting him to come back week 11. That's his optimal recovery time where he should be coming back. So he should miss this week, which I think he they're expecting him to do. He'll be back up to peak health for this particular injury but guys he's at 30 percent injury risk so if he plays in this game it's one out of three chance in that game he's gonna get injured so that's pretty high that's your boy it's not my boy it's your boy chris ventures <laughs> favorite go. player sammy watkins great you know what's crazy if you had to guess how old sammy watkins is what would you say he's really young he seems like he's been in the league forever, forever. He's it like seems so like <laughs> it, it seems like he's randall cobb right right it seems like he's just like right he's he's been through the grinder he's like through 20, the blender he's like 25 He's 25 years old. Yeah. And it feels like his body's 35. 100%. We're always talking yep. about Sammy Watkins being injured. Like the guy is Randall Cobb. I bet you Randall Cobb's probably not even that old either. I'll look it up. Speaking of wide receivers that are hurt, Stephon Diggs missed last week's game with an injury. What's the latest when it comes to Stephon Diggs? Yeah, so good thing that he missed last week's uh, uh, game because, you know, that rib was not going to hold up. Um, you know, it's not likelihood. It's not fractured. But um, right now we have him, for, you know, optimal recovery time at week 10. So he's ready to come back. He's right. You know, he's at right now 67 percent by game time. Um, uh, he should be above 70 percent, 75 percent. You know, he's at elevated injury risk at 19 percent. He's probably probably going to stay there. Um, you know, this is a guy that's been banged up before, but a court with this particular injury, um, it should have healed and, you know, optimal recovery time lands him coming back in week 10. All right. So week 10 is not terrible, Frank. No, that's, that would be this week, but the Vikings are on a buy. So that makes sense. Bye. Yeah, so well, it makes sense. All uh, week eleven, yeah. <laughs> he'll be ready to go. Perfect. So. <laughs> yeah, they held him out. It was like Melvin Gordon, right? They held him out. They held him out, and it was like the Vikings finally did the right thing with one of their well, star they, offensive players. Well, they learned. They learned. They learned. They learned from Dalvin Cook. Uh, Doc, I want to ask you about Chris Carson. We've been getting a lot of questions about him uh, it, and whether he's going to go. Obviously, if he doesn't, Mike Davis looks like he checks in as a solid RB two this week. But Chris Carson dealing with a th a thigh and a hip injury. I know the hip injury has popped up multiple times throughout the season, uh, and they said earlier on in the week they don't expect Chris Carson to practice much. And with that, 
I would imagine if he doesn't practice much and the fact that he's dealing with multiple injuries right now, we likely don't see Chris Carson in Week 10. Is that how you are viewing it? And if so, when do we expect Chris Carson back? Yeah, definitely not this week. Um, you know, he this is uh, the classic, again, compensatory force. This is like sort of the theme uh, for this week. Uh, you know, week four, hip injury. Then he kept playing through it. Then he picked up another hip injury week eight. Now he has a grade one thigh injury, which is essentially right next to the hip. <laughs> and so he's, you know, doing a lot of, uh, of these. He's hurting other body parts by continuing to play through this injury. So this is a re-aggravated re- type injury. I mean, guys, he's at 49 percent right now um i don't see him getting above 60 percent when 60 percent so in week 11 when he comes back even though he may be healed from this particular injury he won't get above 60 to 65 percent and he's at 25 percent injury risk and he's going to stay there this is a guy we are throwing up all the red flags on essentially you know um sort of i don't know if he's going to be productive for anyone for the rest of the season yeah and that's been a major issue for him all year and for owners of him all year yeah, and you got to make sure that you own Mike Davis if you own Chris you Carson. You have to. And own Mike Davis whether you don't own Chris Carson. Uh, Mike Davis now at 76% ownership on CBSSports.com leagues, but we've seen in games where Chris Carson doesn't play or has left, Mike Davis plays in over 70% of the snaps. He's seen at least 22 touches in each one of those games. So while the team drafted Rashad Penny in the first round, we've seen that when Chris Carson is out, Mike Davis is the next man up. 100%. It's not Rashad Penny. It's clearly Mike Davis. We're talking to Dr. Ray from Inside Injuries. Just a couple minutes left. And Frank, I wanted to make sure we get to your boy. Yeah, boy. My boy. Sam Darnold. Sammy D. I'm going to be honest with you, Doc. As an injury expert like yourself, you're not going to be happy with what Frank Stample's been tweeting all week. Oh, yeah. Why, I've been tweeting Why that, don't you tell the doctor what you I will, I will tell the doc what I'm saying. As a diehard Jet fan, and I'm sure the doc would say the same thing if he was dealing with... Well, he could say... He, he knows the truth. <laughs> well, we're about to find out. <laughs> Correct. But I think this is a phantom injury, doc. It doesn't have anything to do with sports medicine, and I'm not doubting that. But if you look at the state of the New York Jets and where they are at right now, Todd Bowles, I believe, uh, input... Josh McCown is a starting quarterback because he thinks it gives them a better chance to win, and he's trying to save his job. I know that Sam Darnold, there was a sack this past week where he came up limping. He definitely could have hurt himself on that play. But I just find it weird that right after the game, we didn't hear anything about this injury. Monday on a conference call, we didn't hear anything about this injury from Todd Bowles. And then Wednesday, all of a sudden, he's in a walking boot, and they already ruled him out. So it's just kind of a weird uh, series of unfortunate events for Jet fans and Sam Darnold alike. Uh, But what's the latest on (laughs) Yeah, um, so I think the Jets' fever and emotion uh, has clouded uh, the normally the normal uh, logical thought process that you normally go through. Uh, I, you know, I think it, I think the injury is real, but I think it's really mild. So I think it's one of those things, guys, where a team is given they have the excuse they need to put put, put another guy in, essentially. Doc so is on my side. It's a grade one. <laughs> Doc is on my side. <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's a grade one foot sprain. Um, very minor, you know, uh, he'll be out for week 10. Um, they have a bye week 11. I mean, uh, project, you know, optimum recovery puts him back to play this week, according to us. And he's out. So I don't think he has a great, I mean, our metrics are not saying grade two, it's grade one. So, um, you know, he's going to have plenty of time to rest for this injury. Um, and so, I don't know, maybe you, uh, you're half right. How about that? Yeah, there you go. I'm going to clip that out and send it to the New York Jets. I'm going to send it to Manish Mehta. I'm going to send it to all these guys. I'm going to tell them. Full of it. (laughs) Dr. Ray said so. Dr. Ray, Inside Injuries. We'll do it all again next week. Thank you for your time, sir.
All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Have a great week. All right. We'll take a break here. When we come back, we reveal, we unveil Frankie's quarterback and tight end ranking for week number 10. Stick around. More coming your way right after this. If you're someone that needs fantasy sports advice every day, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network has you covered. When you download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, you get the top fantasy advice every single day right through the weekend. Be sure to listen to our weekend warriors like College Football Today. Welcome to College Football Today Weekend Fantasy Update. They call me the fantasy Jesus. In this league, it is never short of exciting at ITL. And so much more. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in the iTunes and Google Play Store now and keep the best fantasy experts right in your pocket all day long and all week long. Frankie! Frankie! Are you saying princes? Is that what you're doing? Princes. Uh, I don't know the actual words to the song, do you know? Princes, those who adore you, just go ahead now. Sounds about right. I trust you. Diamonds in my pocket. This is cool. I'm going to read the rankings in a second. I'll read the reading in a moment as well. Um, Turner says that Tiger and Phil will be making side bets during their pay-per-view event um, Friday of Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, that's like a thing, right? I think Black Friday? Yeah. It's a, uh, what is it? It's just Phil Mickelson versus Tiger Woods 101, right? Some kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's cool. It's not their own money on the line, which is like annoying. Oh, it's, it's for charity, right? Or something? Is it for charity? I don't know. I think something like that. Oh. We'll see. Okay. Um, I'm not a big golf guy, but I, I mean, I'm sure the uh, the golf world. Would love you're like not not a golf guy. What? I, I think I don't think you're not not a golf guy. Right? I like mini golf. That's about the closest I get to golf. True, I, would, I would try pitching putt. I've never tried it. True story. Um, when I was getting engaged the day of the GSC draft, I told my now fiance that we were going mini golfing with Frank and Kinga right after the GST draft, and we did not. So you lied. Well, it was a it was a trick. Never never told me this until now. Never told you that? No. Yeah, I told her. I didn't give you my permission. I was like, hey, I'm (laughs) going to be at the GST, which is across from a very good mini golf course. And I said, hey, after... Dude, he probably hates me now because I was part of a lie. After your interview, why don't you come meet me and Frank at the GST? We're going to be drinking beers. King is meeting us there as well. We're all going to go mini golfing. Are you good at mini golfing? I'm not bad. I'm pretty good. Are you? I played a lot in my life. Same. Pretty much like every vacation I've ever been on. I'd say at least two of the nights mini golf. Can I tell a quick mini golf story? No? Depends how quick, I guess. All right. So last summer, <laughs> all my friends, all my friends and, and girlfriends went mini golfing, right? And we, did, and we split it up six versus six, whatever. Mm-hmm. Guys and girls mixed. And we get to the final hole, and wouldn't you know it, it's tied. It's completely tied between it's team one and team two. It all comes down to the 18th hole. And, you know, I. I think I got a three. I think I got like a three that I was supposed to get on the hole. I didn't get a two. You were par. I was fine. You were not under par. I did my job. Okay. I did my job. And you go back and forth. And Judy's up. And all she needs to do. Against you. No, no, no. Uh, no, oh, she's on my team. On your team. Judy's up. And she just needed to like do her job. It's like get the three or the four. And my, my poor girlfriend at the time. She takes the club, right? And you see her shaking. And we're obviously commentating. We're screaming. Like we're all into it, right? She's, yeah, she's that nervous? Shaking. Oh, no. She takes the swing. She hits the ball one inch, and it falls backwards. 
she's like she's a pretty good mini golf player, especially you know. Uh, so obviously she's, she's obviously she, she never watched Kobe Bryant play. She she, the, she loses the stroke. The of gene, course. She yeah. loses the stroke, of course. Yeah. Now we're up to her her third swing. She does it again. She was so nervous. She missed it twice. So now at this point, do you? What level are you at? Are you? Are you feeling bad, or are you like it's horrible? Feel bad for her, yeah. Or are you mad at her because you're like you had one job. I feel bad. I'm, I'm, I feel bad for her. Mm. I feel bad for her. So she gets whatever the max was that we did seven ish, six seven something like that. Um, and I'm gonna ask you about this next time I see you. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. She'll tell you the same thing. So wouldn't you know it? So the last girl on our team needs to get like a two on the hole to tie it. You know, to tie us and set us into you know, sudden death. Yeah, holds it. Hole in one, and we win. And you win. Wow. We, I Good karma. I literally, like, picked her up, and, like, for, like we all held her off the cheer. Yeah. So we, we, we just did, Man, like, a round sick. of... It was just, like, a round of beers on on it, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was awesome. Nice. Besides my poor, Man, poor, my poor girlfriend. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, dude. She was <laughs> so... not perform under I've pressure. I've never seen her so nervous oh, in my man, life. A, I don't know what I would have done. I feel like I probably would have just, like, hounded Kinga. Been like, what the hell are you doing? That wouldn't have helped the situation. Yeah, probably not. That wouldn't help the situation. <laughs> um, by the way, if you use the NBA DFS optimizer on dailyrotor.com, you're doing it right. That's what you're supposed to do. If you're hooked with our NBA product, with our MLB product, with our NFL product, you might as well buy the elite package over at dailyrotor.com because it gives you access elite. Year, around, year round the suite of successful tools and projections that dailyrotor.com subscribers have been using to print money in NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, and PGA Daily Fantasy. And when you sign up for the Elite Package, you'll get new NFL betting tools you've rolled out, including against the spread, money line, game totals, and player props. Head on over to dailyrotor.com, click on Go Premium, and check out what the Elite Package has to offer. If you don't have a problem with winning money every single year, you're going to love it. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today. That's dailyrotor.com, and that is the Elite Package. Okay, Frankie, should we unveil your rankings? Yes. It's under the best fantasy five, your BFF. 45 minutes into the show. Well, I mean, we, I think we're having a good show. <laughs> nah, yeah, no, we're having a great show. We're having a good time. Isn't that, isn't that the goal here? No, yeah, I'm having a great time. Right. hope everyone else is having a great I'm time. Sure, I'm sure they are. Let's reveal the um, quarterback rankings, Frankie, for Frankie Stanfield uh, this week. You can check him out at rotoexperts.com. Frankie Stanfield, the best ranker right now. <laughs> you don't know many. I don't. I, I, I don't. Not anymore, you don't. Uh, the first thing that you, you obviously notice is tonight's game, of course. Mm-hmm. Steelers and, and Panthers will make our picks come up uh, in about 10 minutes from now. You have Ben Roethlisberger ranked as your sixth overall quarterback, and yet, consensus-wise, he is outside the top 10. What makes you have Big Ben ranked so high? Yeah, that seems a little bit interesting to me. I don't know why the rest of the industry is kind of out on Big Ben, but he normally thrives in these primetime games, and I know he's not, uh, he's not a big proponent of Thursday Night Football. Obviously, a lot of players don't like playing on the short week, but... Look, the Panthers are pretty much a, a middle-of-the-pack defense. I mean, they're not scaring anybody. A lot of people look at the Panthers like they're the defense of years past. They're not. They're not as good as they used to be. Their secondary is made up of a lot of uh, a lot of younger players, you know, for uh, second, third-year players. So I'm not scared by any means. Uh, I think Big Ben is in a in, in a position here to put up 302. Maybe even more than that. I, I just think we get points back and forth here, which obviously, uh, when you look at the game total at 51, I think actually uh, uh, picking a winner or picking uh, against a spread in this game tonight is a little bit more difficult. But I do like the 51-point total. I like I like going over that number here. Again, you know, we, we started the show off talking about the Steelers' offense and how potent they've been with James Conner back there. Uh, they're rolling right now. So I, I'm going to look at them to continue to score points here. Antonio Brown, I know if you were listening to uh, to the morning show, you heard uh, them talk 
talking about Antonio Brown uh, pulled over with some kind of a driving traffic violation, whatever it might be. Um, he's going to play tonight. Not worried about that. And the uh, the Panthers actually bleed fantasy points to slot receivers. So I look at this as a bounce back spot for Juju Smith-Schuster as well. We just saw Adam Humphreys go off for over 80 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, I think it's a good spot for Antonio Brown. Juju, the Panthers have been better against running backs lately, but James Conner is absolutely 100% matchup proof, Greg. Yeah, James Conner's matchup proof, no doubt. The Panthers uh, also allow the most tight ends, like you said, slot receivers. Greg, are you surprised that uh, the industry is kind of out on Big Ben tonight? He's outside the top 10 for fantasy purposes. Just It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Do you think it's a Thursday thing? Uh, it might be. I mean, it could be that, you know, everyone just likes the quarterbacks around him a little bit better than that. And, I mean, if you look at who uh, the consensus has ranked higher, Fitzpatrick against Washington. I mean, I think I think the de- the Washington defense will play better this week. Uh, Phillip Rivers at Oakland. I mean, Phillip Rivers can easily go off for like 275 and two, maybe three touchdowns. But are they going to need Rivers to do all that much? Like, they're going to get up big. And I know, like, part of them getting up big is going to be Phillip Rivers scoring. But I just don't know that it's going to demand much. I just, I just see more of a back-and-forth type of game tonight where... Uh, you know, Big Ben drives on the field, Cam Newton drives on the field, and, and we see points on both sides, and it's, it's kind of going to force uh, Big Ben to have to throw the ball tonight. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be, I think it's going to, what's the over-under in this game, Frankie? 51 points. 51. I, w- I would take the over. Would Typically, the, uh, I, I like the over a lot on, on Thursday, Thursday night nights, games yeah. because defenses just aren't, football's Scouting not enough. meant to be played right. on, you know, only three days rest. It has to do with scouting. And yeah. they're not re- they're not ready for it. They're not ready. I mean, physically, they're not ready for it. Kind of like the under tonight. I know it's stupid because Thursday night goes over every week. Yeah, I, I yeah I would take the over. And and we had the under last week uh, with the 49ers game. Just barely got it because the ineptitude of uh, John Gruden and the boys, the Raiders. But typically, uh, Thursday night games have gone over the number this year. Kind of like the under. Um, I'll probably take the over. Uh, well, the Panthers are plus three and a half. Do you like that more? Look. This is a this is a close very game, tough game. Man. Good I game. Mean, look, both both teams are they're five and three against the spread. Both teams, and, and you look at their uh, their record straight up. The Panthers are six and two. They're absolutely rolling right now. Uh, but the the Steelers are five two and one. So two very very evenly matched football teams. So that's why I think it's a little bit harder to to choose against the spread tonight to choose a winner for this game. That's why if I'm going to do anything, uh, I'm looking at the total there. And obviously some prop bets. I haven't looked into the props, but uh, that's that's probably somewhere you want to look as well. Obviously, if we expect points to be scored, uh, we should expect some props to go over the number as well. Okay, so uh, we'll get into that again. We'll make our official picks coming up in about five minutes from now. In your quarterback rankings, you also have Jerry Goff inside your your top ten, but quite barely. And everybody else has him a little bit higher. I don't want to say you don't like Jerry Goff this week because you do. He's inside your top ten, but why just a little bit lower on Jerry Goff than everybody else? I think this is a big Todd Gurley week, and if you look at the way Vegas, it's very frustrating. You yeah, you look at the way Vegas is uh, is is predicting this game to uh, to kind of play out here. The Rams coming off a a huge loss against the New Orleans Saints, coming back home in Los Angeles, ten point favorites against the Seahawks. And I know typically these two teams play each other close, uh, but I think this is one of the games where uh, the Rams are going to be up big and and kind of take out their frustration in losing last week against the Saints, and they pound the Seahawks. So. Um, Look, I, I think that Jared Goff can throw one, maybe two touchdowns. I just don't know that much is going to be asked of him. And we've seen this year in games where Todd Gurley goes off, those are the games that typically limit the upside of Jared Goff. I just think that's kind of the uh, the game flow for this one. I think we see a big Todd Gurley game in Week 10 against the Seahawks. People are talking about this, Frank, unrelated to your quarterback or tight end rankings. Yep. Um, Kansas City is 9-0 in coin tosses this year. <laughs> 
That's an interesting stat. And if you go back to the preseason, they are 12 and 0. Their last 12. <laughs> you, you know that you could, uh, I think that there are ways to bet on coin toss. Absolutely. Yeah. You could do it in the Super Bowl. I don't know if you could do it for just like regular season games. I don't know. You probably could. You gotta imagine you could. So, I mean, just looking through uh, looking through Jared Goff's uh, game log, look, back-to-back games with uh, three, at least three passing touchdowns against the Saints, he had three. Against the Packers, he had three. Uh, last time out against the Seahawks, 321, only one touchdown, two interceptions. So, uh, there have been a there have been uh, at least there have been three games this year where he, ha- he has had one touchdown or less. There's been five games where he's had two touchdowns or less. I just think it's one of those games where we get a lot of Todd Gurley. We might get like two seventy five and two out of Jared Goff, which you know will make him a top ten quarterback. But I just I just don't know that he has big upside this week. Yeah, um, I get it. I, I get it. Who would you rather play, Goff or uh, Big Ben tonight? Big Ben. Okay, I rather have Big Ben tonight. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for making me feel good about my rank. Yeah, no problem with that. No problem. Are right you here? Um, Andrew Luck, you have two spots ahead of Baker Mayfield. That was my decision this week. I'm going to go with Luck because he just throws so many touchdowns uh, per game. Nothing else really stands out to me. You have Blake Bortles pretty high. Is that because uh, your boy Jim Sonis likes Blake Bortles this week? I don't think I have him that high in relation to the players that he's right around. It's just ahead of Alex Smith. and I know Alex Smith faces Tampa Bay this week, but with that offensive line in shambles, uh, Alex Smith doesn't typically throw the ball all that much. I, I just don't love the spot here for Alex Smith. Uh, Dak Prescott actually does have a good matchup against Philly, but it's you know the ineptitude of uh, of the Cowboys' offense, the play calling. I, I still do like uh, Amari Cooper a lot because uh, the Eagles have given up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers this season. Mariota just behind Blake Bortles as well uh, could be in an okay spot against the, the the Patriots here at home as home dogs, but uh, it's basically just I don't like the the matchups or the spots that these quarterbacks are in who are just behind Blake Bortles um, in two games against the Colts last year. For what it's worth, he threw for at least 300 yards in both of those. Uh, and Blake Bortles, what he does with his legs this year, I mean, he's averaging over 30 rushing yards per game. He's uh, he's fifth among quarterbacks in rushing yardage this year too. Um, so I, I just I like all those things a little bit more than the quarterbacks uh, who have ranked just behind him. And with that, we say goodbye on YouTube. Coming up next, Fantasy Football Frenzy, Corey Parson, Jim Day, and Chris Ventura. Uh, you won't see Frank tomorrow on, on the airwaves. He's taking off. So uh, that's it for Frank this week. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you subscribe, give us five stars, and leave a comment. If you're listening on the radio, we go another five minutes or so. Frank, before we get to our picks, let's dive into your tight end rankings here. Uh, we had a question before, Duke Johnson and George Kittle. I said Duke Johnson, and you weren't quite sure because George Kittle, you're number three ranked tight end this week. Yeah, and I know the, the Giants have played better against tight, end, tight ends this year, so kudos to them. I mean, they clearly made that uh, a thing to correct in the offseason. Uh, they were absolutely torched by tight ends last year. We were streaming tight ends against them every single week. It didn't matter who it was, uh, and they've been better this year. But... In terms of target share and usage for George Kittle and his playmaking ability, we saw, we all saw that that big play he made last week, the one-handed grab over the middle from Nick Mullins. Uh, I just think uh, the way that he's been used and the talent level we've seen out of George Kittle, he's undoubtedly a top-five tight end regardless of matchup. And Nick Mullins uh, proved that he's going to lean on his tight end as well. So uh, I'm just going to continue to rank George Kittle that way inside my top five every single week. Before we go, I just, got, I just saw this tweet that came out. I, I think this is real. I, I do want to make sure it's real here. What do we got, Greg? What do we got going on? You see who's practicing today? Uh, Le'Veon Bell. No. <laughs> right, they wouldn't practice. They play. <laughs> I believe it's Rex Burkhead. Sexy Rexy's back? I think if, I, if that tweet wasn't fake, I think Rexy, Sexy Rexy's back. That would just throw everything for a loop. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's real. Mike Reese. Mike Reese, yep. Reported it. Welcome back to practice. Rex Burkhead. He's eligible to play as soon as December 2nd, so it's about a month. These Sony Michelle owners who are loving life. Eligible to return in week 13. That is so annoying. And we haven't had the Patriots buy yet, no, right? No, we have not. It's next week, week 11. Yeah, that is correct. Just when we thought we had the Patriots backfield figured out. A little Sony Michelle, a little James White. Rex Burkhead comes in and throws everything for a loop. You trying to pick him up if he's out there? Yes, yes, I am. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. Maybe we could see a, a Deion Lewis type stretch down the something like that. It could be, the, you know, running running backs are tough to find. It's a good potential stash. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, All right, no, that's, a, that's a good one to bring up. I want to see uh, what his ownership percentage. Sorry, is. I didn't get to your tight end. Uh, and any other tight end you want to bring up before we wrap up, Frankie? Greg, he's only 11 percent owned. Oh boy, he's out there, man. Yeah, if you want to be ahead of the curve, uh, I know a lot of people might have that second waiver run on Sundays this week, uh, or if you're in a league like Greg, uh, you might have waivers run every single day. Go out there and get your bids in on Rex Burkett, who's only 11% owned. Again, this isn't like, let me drop somebody of value to make sure I get Rex Burkhead, but I'm sure you can find someone on the end of your bench who, uh, who's not worth owning in order to uh, stash Rex Burkett and just kind of see what his upside could be in this uh Patriots offense. Frankie, what's the spread? Spread is uh, Panthers are three-point dogs tonight. Over-under is 51. I know you mentioned the tight ends real quick, Greg. Yeah. Uh, some people were asking me about Jack Doyle this week, really worried about the, the Jacksonville Jaguars matchup. I have him ranked as my eighth tight end, uh, which means I am not worried about the matchup here. I'm, uh, I'm a little bit higher on him than the consensus field. So don't worry about the Jaguars matchup. We saw before the bye, played in about 70% of the snaps um, and dominated targets. Uh, it could be the beginning of the end for Eric Ebron, which sucks. The spread for tonight's game, Greg, right now is at Panthers are getting three and a half points in Pittsburgh. Again, I think it's a really, really tough one to call. I think both teams are trending in the right direction. Again, very evenly matched teams. Carolina Panthers, six and two, five and three against the spread. Steelers, five, two and one, five and three against the spread. Really, really close, right down the middle. If I had to choose someone here, I would take the Panthers getting the three and a half, but I really do think the over that just went up half a point, 51 and a half. I'm taking the over there. I like the Panthers as well. That's my, I like that more than the over under. I'll take the Panthers. Just be different than you. I'll take the under for fun. All right. All right. Frenzy's up next for Frank Stample. My name is Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching the BFF. So do it all again tomorrow. We go. Happy birthday, Frankie. Ah. Your fantasy team suck. Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 fantasy sports radio network.